for a small crab with very little claws, there's a ton of pressure on the ocean floor. Bigger fish can swallow you up like you were supposed to be in Nineveh. But when the challenge of survival is laid at one crab's single spiked feet, it picks up the gauntlet. The boxer crab climbs the steps of success and fights above its weight class, using a clever trick his opponents don't see coming. But using what you have at your disposal is the best way to win in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. <laughs> and today we're talking about yet another crustacean that packs a punch. But more on that later. Yeah, is shrimp the, sh- the sh- shrimps shrimp are crustaceans, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah, and it's not a shrimp either. Yeah, it's not a shrimp. But another, yeah, another another punch in one. But we're this yeah this week we're talking about the boxer crab, All, otherwise known as in science the pom pom crab or in Hawaii the kumimi pua. Excuse me. You heard me. <laughs> um, it that is Hawaiian for inedible flower crab. Good to know. I was about to munch on that flower crab. Yeah. Part of me wishes that, like, in case for some reason we lose all of this and we get through critter groups, and um, that that would have been a good like, hey, I want like guess what this means thing. Because there's just no there's. It, there's no Latin base for it, so there's no way to even guess. I knew what it meant. I read that. Oh, did you? Okay, never mind. Yeah. All right, but we're going to call it here, the boxer crab. We're going to call it the holiday cheermeister, because it's also called the uh, pom-pom crab, so it's cheer. And it, as you can see behind me, the holidays are still upon us, even though I think this is going to come out after Christmas. The, yeah, this one's coming out on the 28th, I think. Yeah, so everybody just... So happy new year. Yes. Hey, you know what? It it, almost, it just passed. Now or when this comes out? When this comes out. Christmas. Boxing Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bibby made a joke about that. And I didn't get it. <laughs> I, was, I was asking her what, she, uh, what uh, nicknames um, she would come up with. Um, the one that she came up with was uh, Clobber Crab. Get it? Nice. Claw. Uh, uh, also, we're going to call it the puny pugilist. And crab brawler, which is a Pokemon. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes. It's not a good one, but it's a, it's a, um, it's a nice fighting type. And it looks, it's, you, you got to look up a picture of crab brawler. It is they literally took the abominable snowman of the north from Rudolph and and just fused it with a crab and that's your that's your pokemon 
It's got that. It's got that dumb little like blonde bowl cut on the top too. Bowl cut. Yeah, look at it. It's it's it hilarious. Has spiky hair, spiky hairdo that goes straight up. Oh wait, no, no, crabominable. Sorry, that's his uh, evolution. Oh, crabominable. Crabrawl is just a fight, regular fighting type. What generation is this crabomination? <laughs> probably, probably seven. Probably Sun and Moon. That was when a lot of they made a lot of weird design decisions. Um. <laughs> anyway, my strong feelings for crabominable aside, I just don't like looking at it. This is not. This is not a very good look. It's the the that weird abominables the the humble bumble, and then just its yeah. crazy look and its mitten paws. Anyway, uh, the box of crab is in a kingdom you know, love, and are in, and that kingdom is Animalia. The phylum is Arthropoda. The subphylum we're going we're going subphylum uh, is Crustacea because we always have to when it comes to crustaceans because that's you know the subphylum. Uh, the class is Malacostraca. The order, Decapata. Ten feet. When you're a Decapod. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best song in that movie. That's, that's, Crab Abominable is my second least favorite crab. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the infra order is Brachyura. The family is Xanthidae. The subfamily is Polydectinae, and the genus is Libya, or Libya. There's a, it's if you if you take the country Libya and you swap the Y and the I, this is what you got. Um, the species is Edmonsoni. Libya Edmonsoni. Clearly, some guy named Edmund from Libya. Uh, decided to slap his name on this and and ethnicity <laughs> on this crab, <laughs> um, or nationality, not ethnicity. But yeah, Libya Edmonsoni. And since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show: critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time: What is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the term of entry, or what is the collective noun? I hope that either I did not do this one already, or you do not remember. Um, because we're doing crabs. Okie dokie. So, if you saw a group of crabs, Joe, would you call it A, a cast of crabs, B, a reach of crabs, C, a timmer of crabs, or D, a pledge of crabs? Forgot to do some inflections to throw you off. I'm going to go with cast, final answer. Ding, ding, ding. You're correct. Yeah. Did you remember nice. that? Or was that just... Uh... I can't... It Maybe it was familiar to me. I don't remember. Because we have done crabs. Like a crab since I, we started doing critter groups. Uh, probably most recently the coconut crab. So oh, yeah. we have probably done this one. I was just uh, hoping that you had forgotten. But maybe it was just sitting there in the back of your subconscious and you... If you had asked me what it was, I would not have known. Yeah, but then when given an option, uh, uh, options to choose from, then you're like, oh yeah, that one's it. It it seemed the most likely compared to the other ones, and maybe because it was 
back there in the back of my mind. I was really hoping that Timber would throw you off because I was actually, I'm actually very pleased with that word because, um, as far as I know, I didn't look it up. As far as I know, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a word. It's just a nonsense word that sounds like it means something. Would you like to hear what this looks like? Sure. All right. The boxer crab is a tiny, colorful crab. It is cream and pink colored uh, on its carapace with uh, eight legs that are striped with brown and deep purple rings. Um, it also has jokes on the water. Jokes on the water. <laughs> uh, if you look at this thing, it kind of looks like a Hershey's hug, which makes me hungry every time. Um, even though this is an inedible flower crab, um, the its uh, its body uh, shell is is kind of uniquely divided up into these uh, polygonal plates. Uh, that are lined also with this brown and deep purple uh, like lining. So it kind of looks like just these um, yeah, just these plates that are kind of fitted together. And two or a couple of the plates are uh, like brown, brighter red maybe. Uh, and they're on either side of its body and it kinda, they kind of look like giant eyes. Um, and its coloration and pattern disruption allow it to blend into its sandy and coral-based environment pretty well. Because he wants all the predators to think that he is leaving, he is leaving, but the fighter still remains. Ooh. <laughs> I had to find a way to work the boxer in there. Um, of course. But being able to blend in is crucial because he's not very well equipped to handle predators. Uh, like most other crabs are. The boxer crab is pretty small, very small actually, and has rel a relatively thin, weak carapace. Uh, also, its front claws are small and underdeveloped, so it can't really catch prey or fend off predators on its own. Guess it'll die. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Guess I'll die now. Or hide. <laughs> Hiding is also an option for small um, things. And that is definitely, it's definitely uh, plan A is to hide. Mm -hmm. But I said it's small. So how yeah. small is it, Joe? Good question. Welcome to the Blood Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The uh, part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We do not have a new Measure Up intro this week. Mm-hmm. So that means we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. Nice. Okie dokie. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Okay. Is that A, a goose, B, a French hen, 
C, a partridge, or D, a swan? One more time. I am sensing a pattern here. (laughs) (laughs) One more time for the holiday season. Uh, Only I remembered the answers from the previous two. (laughs) Um, You did goose last time. No, you did swan last time. No, you didn't. You did goose last time. Man, how can I not remember that? It was two (laughs) days ago. Um, I think we already did the French hen. I think you did swan last time. No, it must have been goose. Oh, my gosh. It's one of those two. It's either swan or goose. I'll give you one hint. I've never done French hen. Um, But the answer was either goose or swan. And I think this one is the opposite of whatever that was. I think last time was goose, so I'm going with swan. Final answer? Final answer. That is correct. That's a swan. (laughs) (laughs) I was banking on the fact that you wouldn't remember what we we did and which one was the right one. (laughs) But I remembered. I'm kind of, sort of, not really. Is the power of is the power of my my Ursine Sunset sweater that I'm wearing right now? <laughs> was there any which you could pick up at uh, Teespring our Teespring link if you visit us at ltdaxonomy.com. Very comfortable. Uh, there was there any thought in your mind that this could be a French hen? No, it didn't sound like a chicken at all. So partridge and French hen were gimmies for you, like free. Yeah, so it was really just fifty fifty. Okay. It also it was and it was and not only was it fifty fifty, but it was also based on my memory of last time. It's that seems fair. I give you two that are clearly not the ones, and a fifty fifty choice choice that is that indistinguishable. The sounds that those two birds. But make. that was it was heavily skewed in my favor had i remembered clearly last time then i would have yeah. i would have known with 100 percent certain with like 90 i'm glad there certainty. was at least i'm glad that there was at least some adversity for you to overcome in that one so you feel like you actually won yeah because i'm sure there's going to be no adversity in the actual measure up uh no no it's gonna be easy uh let's talk about the width of their carapace it's a half inch or 13 milli- millimeters. You'll get it right someday. Millimeters. How many boxer crabs go into the height of the tallest professional boxer in history? Have you ever been to... I, I know you have been to, but have you seen the poster on the wall of Buffalo Wild Wings where it has a picture of Muhammad Ali's fist? Yes. Uh, and it's it's actual size and you hold up your fist to it and you're like... Uh, I'm a little boy. That man. That man was very. Was very large. He's <laughs> a large man. <laughs> uh, he, would you like a hint? Uh, yeah. It's not Muhammad Ali. The tallest boxer is actually three boxers that all share the same height. <laughs> it's three boxers standing on, each, on top shoulders, of each other, wearing a trench coat, <laughs> trying to get into an R-rated movie. <laughs> trying to get into an R-rated boxing match. Uh, it's Go Gia, Me Too. Hashtag what? <laughs> the it's a Romanian man named 
Go Gogia? Gogia is definitely what all the Power Rangers assemble into once they're done with their... He, that's his nickname. It's not actually... Or it's a legendary Pokemon. We're back to Pokemon. A different name. How do you pronounce this, lady in my computer? Reveal to me your secrets. Gogia Mitu. Yeah. But he was b born Dimitru Stefanescu. How do you say this woman? You, you did it. Stefanescu. Yeah, I I am so phonet I I am hooked on phonics too much. <laughs> You're hook it on phonics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh So Gogia of Romania fought in the 1930s. John Rankin fought only once in 1967 at 300 pounds. Uh, I think he was uh, in New Orleans. And he fought somebody like that was 160-something pounds. He won, by the way. That, sound, that <laughs> no sounds like he would win, win that one. Uh, and uh, Jim Cully fought in, 19, in the 1940s. But some sources say that he was an inch or two shorter. I'm going to say 178 crabs. Final answer? Yep, I think that these boxers were 7-5. The correct answer is 171. Whoa, that's a win for me. I'm, I, I was the, only 7 off. The tallest boxers were 7-4. Oh, it was an inch <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, the, I guess that is a win, a win because one inch means 7 crabs. No, it doesn't. It means two crabs. Or, wait, one inch. How did you get so far off? I. You just guesstimated the. No, seven times twelve is eighty-four, and then plus. Oh no, I put seven. No, no, no. Yeah, and then plus five is eighty-nine inches, and then there's two crabs for every inch. So I multiplied it by two and got to one seventy-eight. Uh, let's talk depth. The the living depth. They 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 live in the shallows, like um. Lady Gaga. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, they they live oh, at wait, 20... she lives in the shadows, right? That's her thing? No, the shallows. It's, she has a song where she sings about living in the sha shallows? I don't know about living there, but she it, the, the shallows is the name of the song. Oh, I would, I would assume that it was... She has that, like, she-wolf in the closet song, right? Isn't that Shakira? Yeah, the or just shallow, not the shallows. The shallows is a movie with Blake Lively and a shark, starring a shark. <laughs> uh, they live at twenty meters or sixty-six feet. Okay. How many boxer crab living depths go into the depth of the deepest permafrost in the world? I don't remember what permafrost is in particular. Well, here's a hint. Permafrost is permanently frozen earth that's frozen for at least two years. So technically not permanent, but permanent, permanently frozen, meaning not seasonally frozen. So like the center of Antarctica. Or a lot of Siberia. In fact, around 15% of land on earth is permafrost. But permafrost can also occur... On land or under the ocean. We're not talking about under the ocean, I'm pretty sure, in this case. When we're talking about the deepest. 
So from probably talking the about surface, from the surface of the yeah ice to the as far as it goes until it be- becomes magma. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it goes straight from ice to magma. That sounds a thousand feet. That sounds good. And we'll divide that by what you say, sixty-six feet. Yep. Fifteen. Fifteen. Depth. Fifteen. Um, crab depth. Crab depths. depth. Yep. Go into the final answer. The biggest, the deepest permafrost. Final answer. Fifteen. The correct answer is fifty. Oh boy, that's what I said. That's it's in Siberia. There's an area of permafrost 1,000 meters or 3,200 feet down. That's a lot. Yeah. That's three times as much as I thought. I saw some video, or not video, but a picture of like this huge cliffside, I don't know where, that had like broken off because like there was this ice wedge of permafrost that had like chipped off a piece of the cliff that had calved it. Yeah. It did calf exercises. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I got for that. Do you have any quick facts? Yep. Expedient facts. Very expedient.com. Not a sponsor. Uh, so the boxer crab lives in and around the Hawaiian islands. Islands. Uh. Yeah, Island of Misfit Claws, um, which is why it has a Hawaiian name, which I'll say again, is Kumimi Pua. Um, boxer crabs are omnivorous scavengers. They eat plant matter, dead animals, basically anything they can find. However, like I said before, they don't really hunt thanks to their underdeveloped claws and just... Uh, they're just, they're just not built for that kind of stuff. But I'm sure that you can illuminate uh, how they do fend off predators and get food. Because that's all I got. Oh, we might actually have an on-time episode today. I'm really working on it. <laughs> uh, let's get into it. I'm calling the major fact the pom-pom punch. Nice. So, the boxer crab has a pair of colorful boxing gloves that provide a secret weapon against predators. If you look at a picture, you can see why they call it the pom-pom crab sometimes. Uh, It looks like it's holding some pom-poms. Frilly, little, colorful objects. Uh, Boxer crabs have pinchers, like like you said, that are underdeveloped. And they lack sufficient armor, so the chitin is thin. The chitin? The chitin. The chitin is, chitin thin chitin isn't as fun as thin chitin. Nope, but it's a, it's it's less dangerous. <laughs> so they they can't really use them their claws to defend themselves or find food. Instead, they use their pinchers to grab onto small sea anemone. These sea, these anemone are living creatures, closely related to jellyfish, where Marlin and Nemo live. This crab has a lot in common with Nemo. It, it both has underdeveloped appendages and a close relationship with sea anemones. Anem- I thought you were going to say with their father. Anem- <laughs> <laughs> well, not at the beginning. That's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, the crab holds on, uh, holds them all the time. 
only letting go briefly to molt. Um, and they'll use the anemones for two reasons. The first is that tentacles, the tentacles of the anemone passively gather food particles that the crab scrapes off and eats. So yum, you're welcome. See an enemy. We're going to take, you're going to, it's like when you have a falconer, it's like, Hey, go get me some, some rabbit. And then you take in, what does the falcon think at that point? It's like, oh, okay. Uh, I think I, de- I think I deserve that. <laughs> uh, but boxers also use the anemones for protection. When a predator approaches, they'll get a swat from the crab. The anemones pack nidocytes, which starts with a C, a secret C. Because they're Nidarians. Yeah. They're the Knights and, of uh, Nidarian, Nidonia. Those are, nidocytes are stinging cells, so they can deter large predators and even kill small ones. The pom-poms are a precious resource, however... If a crab is without one and can't find one on their own, they may steal one from another crab. It's so neighborly of them. It is. However, if a crab loses an anemone, I'm surprised I said that without Lose, tripping. Loses an anemone. Sea <laughs> <laughs> anemone uh, is my is my favorite underwater news channel. Uh, if you see an enemy shoot an enemy you, you <laughs> won't hear that on see an enemy <laughs> uh, you might um however if a crab loses an, an enemy they can rip the remaining one in half and it'll re and it'll regenerate creating two two fresh ones that's so nice of it isn't that good you you it's like what if that happened to let's say a pair of gloves you love and you, lo- you lose one, so you just rip the other one in half, and now you have two and gloves yeah. again? Yeah. I was trying to think of something else that comes in pairs that you really need. Like socks? Like, I was thinking, like, and you often only Yeah, have there one. you go. Why did I go with gloves? I've never worn gloves ever. You've never worn true. gloves before? That's not true. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> you have lived a, a charmed life, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm so privileged to never have had to wear gloves. South Florida... I mean, you don't really have a reason to wear gloves in South Florida unless you're gardening, gardening, or doing like woodworking, I guess, mountain biking, or dissecting a frog in chemistry class. Yeah, or food service. There's lots yeah. of reasons to wear gloves. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh. If the crab loses both, they may still regrow from small pieces left in their claws. So that's helpful. That is, that is crazy. Yeah. Uh, when crabs fight each other, they don't use their pom-poms. Uh, they will wave them around threateningly and uh, use them in territorial displays. But they ultimately don't. I think they fight with their legs when they encounter other crabs or other pom-pom crabs they're like get away from me i'm gonna zap you i'm gonna no i'm gonna kick you i'm gonna kick you. yeah (laughs) these are too valuable the pom-poms may be such a precious resource that they don't want to risk losing them yeah the the other theory is that they aren't effective the crabs aren't stung by the nidocytes so they know that it's not going to do anything 
another theory that I read that I don't understand why it makes any sense is that it's extremely toxic and they don't want to use them because then it, it might because of self self-inflicted wounds but they use it against other things is this an honor honor system I'm not going to use my pom-poms because then you will use your pom-poms that doesn't make any sense to me so I don't yeah, that I doesn't make sense but a scientist wrote it so I'm I, there must be something I'm not understanding uh but maybe they just hold them from know. a very specific spot which doesn't hurt them but can hurt others yeah maybe but they still sc- scrape it off to eat the food i don't know maybe there's different kinds of i i but it makes sense the one that makes sense to me is that when you're in this like kind of territorial display of a fighting match with a peer maybe they know that this isn't it's not usually deadly so they don't want to risk losing a pom-pom for such a trivial exchange yeah the pom-poms need to save their lives uh so if there are no enemies to be found the crabs may use sponges or coral as replacements i don't know if sponges would do the same stinging it sounds a lot less effective but they might uh, collect food just as effectively. Um, and it's unclear what the anemone gets out of the deal. The anemone gets are, food. Yeah, there's there, that's one of the theories is that it has to do with mobility. So anemones are sessile. Oh, sorry. I answered the question and you already had an answer like loaded, ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were going to end with, we don't know. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> No, there. So anemones are sessile, which means they don't move mm-hmm. uh, under normal circumstances. And there's a risk of when you plant yourself as an anemone, uh, as a plankton that, that finds its, you know, the life cycle of a jellyfish type thing. They should have picked a better spot. You can pick a bad spot. You can pick a spot in the sand, which gets cut and makes you get covered by sand, and then you're dead. Um, but that's that risk is gone when you're on a crab, but also moving around exposes it to more oxygen and food, so that might be what it gets out of the deal. Although I don't know if it has a choice either way, it's just kind of sitting there and it gets picked up one day. Um, but if you, as a human being who's listening, were to be punched by a boxer crab, you may feel a very painful sting followed by redness, swelling, and lesions. That lasts for several weeks. Oh, wow. Sounds like what would happen if you touched the sea anemone. Yes. The sea anemone are one of three different um, species of anemone. And they can be very, very painful to touch. That being said, um, the, the Wikipedia page, the picture of this particular species of crab is somebody holding it. Looks like with a bare hand. Maybe it's maybe these anemone in particular are too small, and I was reading that it's it can really hurt from the the anemones uh, from just looking at the anemone, and maybe that's just bigger anemone that you can encounter, um, not on a pom pom crab. Maybe they've coated their hand in something that makes it so that that protects them from stinging, like some gel, like from Monsters University. 
Yeah, it's probably from Monsters University. Yep. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Than what you, within whatever nonsense you were talking about. <laughs> uh, but that's all I got. When I looked this up, I, I saw an article that, uh, with the clickbait heading, this crab clones its allies by ripping them in half. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... <clears throat> I mean, it's clickbait, but it's, you know, it's sort of it's, true. It's accurate. It's like, you know, it's better than one an enemy. Two an enemies. To fight my enemies. And then the, it's good. Fight, fight my enemies with an enemies. Yes. The, an, an, the enemies of my enemies are my friends. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> the enemies of my the enemies of my enemies are my enemies. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 enemies of your friend and enemies are your enemies. Because your enemies are your friends, and your enemies are your enemies. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, nickname potential. Nickname potential than what 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 I did, but I'm glad we got it all out there. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. That's all I got. All right, for you out there in Podcastia, that was the boxer crap. Use what you f- can find. Keep an eye out for predators and wave those death palms like you just don't care. Like the boxer crab, you're in life, death, and taxonomy. You're in time for bath time. I am in time for bath time. (laughs) I'm just going to end the recording there.